that there's a difference between a nisoyin, a challenge, and the regular kinds of things that we encounter on a day-to-day level. And the core of the idea is, is that when you encounter something where all you can see is darkness, and you can't see any way out, that experience forces you to look inwards. Look in yourself and say, I'm not letting go. Um, I, it, it exposes the toikafati, it exposes the power of the essence of the neshama, essence of the soul, which has this bitulatsim, which has this devotion to Hashem that is, uh, is unshakable. So what exposes that, that core of your neshama is specifically the challenge. When you're in a regular scenario, so you could scrutinize the scenario with your mind, with your heart, you could figure it out. What is the, what is the thing that, that forces you to, um, to get in touch with your neshama when, when all there is is darkness? So that's why it says that the word Nesoyim, in Satya Rech and Neisles Neisles, Shem gives us challenges to be uplifted. The, the challenge is only there to reveal in ourselves the essence of the neshama. That's why the challenge is given to us. When we're in a state of challenge, we don't, we don't feel that there's any purpose in it. We just feel like things are going to be bad, and, or things are bad, or whatever. But really, the, 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 the divine energy in the challenge is meant to, um, to, to bring up the deepest part of, it, of the soul. Now we're gonna, that's what until now. Now we're going to dissect that a little bit and understand what, why is it that way. What is the godly energy in the challenge, and why is it that this godly energy brings out the essence of the show? So the language of, of the previous Rebbe, in his discourse, which Rebbe bases this discourse on, is that the energy in the challenge is from the lowest and smallest of godly sparks. The Nitzutz, the spark which is in the challenge, is the lowest, it's, a, it's the most distant. But on the other hand, um, there's a famous Hasidic flip, which is that whatever um, is lower has a higher divine source. Why? In order to create something that um, was against godliness, that, that, that's, that's low, that's dark, there has to be something which is, um, which is infinite uh, that could reach such a low place. It, it takes an infinite light of God to create something which is, which is very distant. Um, that's why it says, for example, Yaakov and Esau, the external portion says that Esau had a higher, higher divine energy than Yaakov. He had different challenges in Yaakov, and he didn't pass those challenges, but he was given something different. We'll look at the end of the parsha. Yitzchok asks Yaakov, make for me, Yitzchok asks, uh, uh, make for me delicacies. So it says in Tanya that Yitzchok's request, make for me delicacies, was a, is actually the request of Hashem to the Jewish people. And Hashem says, I want you to make different kinds of delicacies. There are some tzaddikim, who they make, in the language of Tanya, their delicacies they provide for Hashem are machol marivim sukim, pleasant and sweet dishes. And they're just naturally holy and beautiful, and so it causes pleasure to Milo, the devotion they have to Hashem. They're, they're just amazing. They just give to Hashem totally and wholly, holistically. There's a total devotion there with full love. Then there are other Jews who have war torn, have all kinds of things going on inside, inside themselves, or they're fragmented. However, the Eibishter Hashem asks us to make both kinds of delicacies. He doesn't just want the, the sweet kinds that Tzaddik can provide, he wants Blanche of Tanya, he wants uh, 
the foods which are harifim, uh, uh, foods which aren't pleasant, rakashim subolim sukonim heitev, and just they are seasoned properly, until they are able to to satiate you. They're not naturally something that satiates you, but there's but they're seasoned in such a way that they that they, they, they do satiate. So in a similar way, when the, when a person has the attraction to do something wrong, and they resist that. So it says in the Zohar, it causes a nachasur, it causes a pleasure to Hashem beyond anything else, and it causes a revelation of godliness that's infinite. In the divine energy, the divine energy that creates that scenario where you are, are lost, actually has a higher source in divine energy and things which are not lost. It says in a postcard, Hashem creates everything for His sake, even creates a Russia on his day of evil for his sake. So it says in Tanya, what does it mean he creates a Russia for his sake? He creates the Russia, he creates a wicked person with a state of attraction to the wrong thing, with a state of total darkness, in order that he should resist his wickedness, and should make his wickedness, he should transform it into light. He should make that into light. And that light is higher. Why is it higher? It's because the divine spark that animates that, that scenario, it has a higher source. It says, for example, about food. Uh, it says, It says, the person does not live on bread alone, rather he lives on the word of Hashem. So the Rizal says, what does he live on the word of Hashem? You live on the word of Hashem in the bread. The bread has a spark of Hashem in it. You don't live in the bread by itself. You live on the spark of Hashem in the bread. But I also have the spark of Hashem in me. Why don't we need a spark of Hashem in the bread? So in order to create bread, in order to create something which is lower than man, there has to be a higher kind of divine spark. And therefore man needs to eat the neshama in order to sustain its mission in the body. It needs to resort to having things which are lower than the, the externally lower. There's vegetation, there's animals which are externally, externally lower than a man. But man needs the food in order to sustain him. Why? Because the divine energy in the food has a higher source than man. But just like this is true for things which are which are um, kosher, this is also true, true for things which are not kosher. And the most non-kosher thing that could possibly be is a challenge. You're in a state where not only do you not see the truth, the lie looks like it's true. The lie looks like it's absolutely true and can't be not true. That's a very low situation. So the divine energy there, it's very, very low. It says about that energy as yesterday, the kosher, the kosher becomes non-kosher. Not just that that there is a non-kosher situation, but what was kosher before becomes non-kosher. The godly spark itself has lost all of its light, and all that's there is its core. You don't see any light in your situation because the godly energy which is animating your situation has also lost its light. All that's there is the essence, the essence of the godly spark. So how do you get? What are you supposed to do in that situation? So the only thing is you have to arouse and yourself. You take a vatsni. Okay, this explains. Uh, another post. God tests you in order to know if you if you love Hashem with all your heart and soul. Obvious question is, Hashem needs to test you to know. He doesn't know until he tests you. He doesn't know. If he tests you, you pass the test. Oh, now he knows. So the answer is, is that it's not that you should know. 
It's the order, it's not that Hashem should know. It's the order that we should know Hashem. The test that we experience because the test forces us to, re- to reveal the toikavatsim bitlatsim, because it forces us to reveal the essence of our Nisham, the essence of our bond with Hashem. So that allows us to know Hashem in a different way. You wouldn't know Hashem in that way if you're not gone through the challenge. It's specifically the challenge that you're in that forces you to know Hashem in a different way. And this is the reason why challenges are given specifically at the end of the egg time. Specifically in our, in our times. There, there's, a, there's, a, there's a teaching of the Arizal, famous teaching of the Arizal, Chaim. It says, the Arizal says, Moshe Rabbeinu was the most humble of all people. Why was he most humble? Arizal says, Hashem Shal Moshe Rabbeinu, the, this book of Adam Arishan, the book of Adam, and that book, it has the story of all of mankind, till Biyas Mashiach, till the coming Mashiach. When it gets to the last pages of the book, for coming Mashiach, what do you see? You see us. So, Moshe Rabbeinu sees a generation where it doesn't have the, the sophisticated understanding of Galenius as generations before. It doesn't have the heart of generations before. And they are still doing terimitsis. They're still, yeah, what time is Shabbos? What time is Lich mentioned? What, what, what time is Mincha? What, is, is this item kosher? And he sees people which are completely have no, and, and everything that they see is, is the opposite of what they're learning in the Torah. That's what they experience in the world that they are in, that we are in. And Moshe Rabbeinu was humbled by looking at his generation saying, wow, look at the generation. They don't see anything, they don't understand anything, and they're still close to Hashem. How could that be? That's why Moshe Rabbeinu became so humble. In other words, so this gives the following example. When you try to go into a hot bath, very hot bath, so it says it's easier to put your heel into the bath than it is to put your head. Why? Because your head is a sensitive part of your body. Since it's so sensitive, so so it's 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 it it resists going into a place which is uncomfortable. The heel, because it's not it's, the opposite of Nasan, he calls the heel on the person the angel of death. Why is it called the angel of death in the person? It's not dead, it's alive, it's part of you, because it's the least sensitive part of you. It, there's no intellect, there's no feelings, it's just a heel. It's the least sensitive part. Because it so doesn't have any sensitivity, precisely because of that, its obedience to the soul is, 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 is the desire of the soul is more manifest in the heel than it is in the rest of the body. So to enjoy generations before where they were given the gift to understand Torah and to feel Hashem and to love Hashem, they didn't have the essence of their soul revealed as much. Precisely because we don't have the intellect, we don't have the feelings, so we have more the sense of obedience to Hashem than they did. It sounds like a crazy thing. They were far greater than us. Every generation is, is higher than generation afterwards. But it's, it, it's, it's precisely because of our deficiencies, because we don't have our intellect, the intellect of generations before, because I don't know the feelings of generations before, what do we have? What's, what, what, what is the stuff that's pushing us to do terimitsis anyways? What's pushing us to do terimitsis anyways is like the heel. It's that the heel feels the desire of the soul. A Jew has in him, a Jew has a sense of obedience to Hashem, the core of his soul. So when is that revealed? It's revealed when when, you're, when there's no mind, there's no heart. And so just like this is true for um, our generation in general, it's called the ikvas of the Mashiach, the heels of Mashiach. It's easier to 
bring out mysterious nefesh when there's no understanding. When there's understanding, there's feelings, it's hard to have mysterious nefesh. When you know why you're doing what you're doing, you feel it, it's harder to to connect with Hashem said so. And that there, there's, no, there's no question. Because because your mind says to do it too. Your heart says to do it too. When your mind says not to do it, your heart says not to do it, and you do it anyways, oh, so not, that's Mr. Snapfish. Well, let me give you an example. Um, time of the Rebbe Rashab. The Hasidim, at his time, were different, different caliber. That was a time when the Rebbe Rashab made the famous Yeshiva Terchatvimim. Does that, that generation, the souls that went to that yeshiva, they were they were in Shams calling that they had, they had a unique task to accomplish something amazing, to be part of this this new journey of this new kind of yeshiva, to learn in a different level, the chassidus and nigla. So they were amazing. My great grandfather said in yeshiva, he said that Seder Nigla was from twelve o'clock to seven o'clock. That's when they went to He said he tried to sit in his seat and not get out of the seat for seven hours straight. He wanted to have a tikkun for for his younger years. Whatever what kind of tikkun he wanted to have, I don't know. But he said that seven hours straight. Imagine seven hours every day, seven hours straight. That's that was that was his thing. Right. You do it for an hour. Do you know how many things I've done every five minutes? They they were unique. In Lubavitch, every boy got a got a grade. The best boys were Aleph Aleph. The worst boys were Dalad Dalad. When uh, Stalin came to power and Yeshiva had to be closed, and they teach Torah on the, to children on the ground, who were the ones that were the most devoted to the task of teaching Torah on the ground? Dalad Dalads. The Aleph Aleph had a hard time with that because they had a certain way of serving Hashem. We, they, they prayed for hours, they, died, they learned for hours. That, 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 was their, that was their way. Now all of a sudden it's a new thing. Now from now on it's Tashbar. Now, now, all God wants from you is to take a child and teach him Torah on the ground until you get sent to Siberia. That's your way. That's it's a whole different thing. So the guys who were less sophisticated, who were less gifted, who did understand the, the, the value of what they were learning, they were the ones who were in the sham, the essence of the soul was more present. They were the ones, the first ones to go on the ground. Oh, the one, one more sophisticated, a hard time with the dramatic shift. Either you're studying all day, or now it's, it's a different, it's a whole different kind of thing. So that's the reason. Why Hashem gives us challenges specifically at the end of uh, AXI, before Mashiach comes. What's Mashiach about? Mashiach is about das real balkus. Mashiach is about knowing and seeing godliness. That's what will happen when Mashiach comes. The word knowing is the word the Torah uses about the intimacy of Adam and Chava. Adam knew Eve. Doesn't mean he knew Eve, he means he was physically intimate with Eve. But that's the word the Torah uses for. The intimacy of Adam and Eve. So, in a similar way, when it says Mashiach will come, we will know Hashem. Doesn't mean we'll know about. We know about Hashem as one now also. We will know in a way, in the same way that we physically feel ourselves to exist. Mashiach comes, we'll see and feel the Abish in a very vivid way. So, right before Mashiach comes, what does Hashem give us? Hashem gives us these incredible challenges. Challenges you can't um, negotiate with intellectually and emotionally. The only thing you could do is go with the strength of your core and the devotion of your core. And that's the, which is Yichish which is the deepest part of the Gabi soul. When you unearth that you summon the deepest part of your Neshama, so that causes all things that you were previously attracted to. Oh, this, Dr. Bresson said a story yesterday. Uh, he didn't want to say the story, uh, the details of the story publicly, but just one, 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 one unbelievable story. He had a, a, a um, he was on his boat and there was some accident, he got hurt, and then his family was celebrating 
um, his uh, recovery. What are you going to celebrate if you're not religious? Go to McDonald's. Go to McDonald's. And but since you know they, they recognize that Hashem had, had saved had saved them, so uh, they decided they're not going to get anything but hamburgers. You know, they're not going to get you know bacon. They're not going to hamburgers. Only hamburgers. They ordered the hamburgers. And instead of hamburgers, they served them cheeseburgers. So Mrs. Breskin said, that's it. No more. Forget it. And they walked out of McDonald's without the, ham- without the cheeseburgers. It's nothing. It's, 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 it's meaningless. There, there are things we feel like are so important to us. This is a sign of Hashem. Like, this is, we're not doing this. We're not doing this anymore. When, 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 a, when, when, you, when your person encounters a, a challenge in their life and they feel that they can't let go, that makes all the things we that that, that experience. Rabbi Rashab said, when a person goes through a challenge, huh? You gotta take a breath on this. <laughs> yeah. But when the shema comes and wakes you up, right? Wow. Rabbi Rashab said, when I watched, I watched uh, the I don't know if you remember that. Amish uh, did the actual conversion. I was learning with it. Oh yeah. The film, the excitement you can see them the shema waking up. I, I can't relate to it. Right. I, I hear it, but it's like, what are you talking about? I, I, I don't understand it. I don't have that. that, that. Right. So, 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 the said, when a person goes through a situation of a serious nafesh, we have to choose to not to let go of Hashem or die. The Rebbe said, it affects every fiber of your being. You may not know how to sell it, you may not know what term is, you may not know what the right, but, but, but your whole being has changed now. From now on, you, you, you look at the things that attracted you and interested you before as, as meaningless. Rabbi Yishaya Berkowitz, I think he said his mother, was long time, well, I didn't get a yard side candle. And he asked his mother, who the yard side candle for? For your brother. He didn't know that during the Holocaust, she had another child. And, and so she, for her, uh, she said she never wore makeup. It was meaningless to her. It was meaningless. It wasn't that like she resisted the urge to wear makeup or, or, or whatever, to focus on that part of it. It just was meaningless. In a similar way, I'm not saying that's the right thing to do, I'm just saying is that when a person goes through a challenge where they're forced to say, this is what's important to me, and I don't want to let go of Hashem, I'm not letting go, that causes the animal soul's um, uh, strong argument to go in a certain direction to become, to be deflated. So, bottom line, the reason why specifically, that concludes my mind with these words, the reason why specifically after the challenges of the darkness of this generation, in this generation, there are the, the darknesses doubled and quadrupled. What does double and quadruple mean? Because it says double darkness means it's very dark. At least no, you, know you're dark. It's not, you know you're in the dark. Quadrupled means, means you don't even know you're in the dark. It looks like the darkness looks like this is the way it is. This is reality. So in this time of the land of the exile, before Hashem removes impurity from the world, when we're focused on elevating the last sparks, the ones that are the most hidden, at this time, right now, is when Hashem will give us the fulfillment of the prophecy. The world will be full of the knowledge of Hashem. That we will, that Hashem's promise. I, I'm testing you, so you should know Hashem. We're going to see, and we're actually going to know Hashem. Why, after the challenges, all of a sudden we go from from total darkness to the greatest light? The answer is because the whole entire purpose of the challenges is is da So we should know the God of our Father. How do you know the God of your Father? It's by the challenge, and therefore. Time of when we were in Mitzrayim, when we were in Egypt, the challenges they had then just, just confused them. Moshe being told them we're going to leave the exile, like no way, it's not going to happen. They, they, they were challenged, but they weren't they, they weren't able to overcome the challenge. That wasn't the, that wasn't the um, 
there, there was no, there's no success in, in, in the challenges then in that way. But in our generation, this is the task of our generation, it's challenges. That's uh, the previous writes in this discourse. Hashem gave us the power and the strength to recognize the truth that there are just challenges. We were given this power because that's the role of our generation for the coming of Mashiach. In order to see Galingus Mashiach will come, it's by by getting in touch with the same part of ourselves which we'll see Hashem Mashiach will come. That's the same part of ourselves which we need to reveal to overcome the challenge. So, the way to overcome the challenge is by arousing the power of the essence of the soul the devotion of, of the essence of the soul and to overcome the challenge and to bring out the sparks and through this will merit to know the God of your father that means the, the challenge is not a thing it's just that Hashem is challenging you in order that you should come to know Hashem you should come to not just to know Hashem but you should reach the time of the coming Mashiach when the world will be full of knowledge of Hashem and therefore if we will, if we will stand against all, uh, all these concealments of Galilee's stand against them. And we're not going to get into an argument. Our, our focus is not in the way of, of going back and forth and arguing and trying to dissect the circumstances that we're in, trying to find the good in it. Rather, we have to go in a way of the strength of take of atzmi, atzmi, to say to myself in the following words, it's true that I'm garnished, ich bin garnished, I am maybe nothing to myself, but since I'm serving God, I'm not afraid of anything. And I know it's impossible to be any other way than this thing has to happen. I may be nothing, but this is a service of Hashem, and this must happen. So when you go with that kind of strength, then the challenge becomes becomes nothing. You realize, after you do this, the challenge is, is, is not a thing. And we're able to uh, reveal the godly spark in that thing, in that circumstance, where it was hidden, and through this because in the world. The revelation speedily in our days that we will see with the coming Mashiach. And the preparation for this is through the service of God of every Jew in the time of exile, especially in the, this last exile, and especially in the exile itself, at the time of the heels, and the heels of the heels of the coming of Mashiach, that when every Jew will do their service of God with the strength of their core, and the devotion of Hashem, devotion to Hashem that comes from the core, through this will merit speedily all of us, that we will see the revelations of the light and the essence of Hashem, blessed be He, through Mashiach Tzakeinu, speedily in our days, Amen. That's the word. Yeah. Oh, 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 I didn't know that I got a live one over here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Not easy. Uh, uh, we learned it yesterday. You learned it yesterday. It says that... What time is the next minute? 7.15. It says that when you when you overcome a challenge, when you, when you, your yachida is revealed, when the deepest part of yourself is revealed, there's, then there's no challenge. So, so, so why are we calling it a challenge? Is it a challenge? It's a huge challenge. It's not a, the challenge is, is to say to yourself, I'm not letting go. There's no other way. But once you say that, once you get in touch with that part of your neshama, that the take of atzbit me, it's not no challenge. It's, the challenge is to say, no, this has to happen. It's not happening any other way. This, this, this is exact, there's, no other, there's no other choice. The challenge is to say that. But once you say that, the, that part doesn't yeah. have challenges. Yeah. Tonight is, is a shchedesh kislev. Shredesh Kislev is, is, is the Alt Rebbe was redeemed from prison after when he sang Tilim, got the, the, the verse, Pod Bashal Nasha, Shemadim, my soul in peace. So uh, the, the words Pod Bashal Nasha means that there's a war, and yet I'm redeemed from the war with peace. There's no, there's no, there's no, why, why is, is there a redemption with peace if there was a war a second ago? 
The answer is because since in order to overcome the challenge, I had to go inside myself, the deepest part, that part of myself doesn't have any challenges. But we show them that. One second, one second. I'm not done with you yet. I want to, I want to get a video of you saying those two stories. Those are great stories. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not,